Hi Church, I'm Jen and I will be reading from the Bible today. Today's reading comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 21 to 35. Please read along with me. The parable of the unmerciful servant. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, How many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants, who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In an anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Early last year in Sydney's northwest, a group of seven children were walking to get ice cream when a drunk driver ploughed into the group of them. On that day, one couple lost three of their own kids. Imagine what they would have gone through. And yet just a day or two later, they stood in front of the media and they told the watching world that they forgave that driver. And we were shocked. We were surprised. How could they do that? Now, at some point, every single one of us has to face the decision about whether we'll forgive someone, and we've all had to do that. Maybe it's forgiving people for small things. Uh, You know, your best friend scratches your car, or your partner who you've been watching Netflix with, they watch the next episode without you. You Small little things like that. You only have to be a friend or a colleague or um, a husband or wife or have kids to know that day by day, you've got to forgive people for small things. But there are plenty of times when we have to forgive for big things, deep wrongs, major hurts, deep injustices which leave scars that may never heal. Perhaps it's the decision about whether to forgive a child who's hurt you, a spouse who's betrayed you, a friend who's abandoned you, a child who has been cruel to you, a colleague who has offended you. 
Now, I think we can all, all agree that forgiveness is one of the most beautiful things that anyone can ever experience. We all love the concept of forgiveness. That's why in TV shows and musicals and movies, the theme of forgiveness keeps coming up over and over again. But when it actually comes to us having to forgive people, it is one of the hardest things we will ever have to do, isn't it? Because when you have been wronged, when you have been hurt, bitterness grips your heart. Anger, grief at the injustice. Maybe it's even a bit of pride. How could they do that to me? I'd never do that. It is so hard with all those emotions to forgive. Forgiveness is not easy. And yet Jesus tells us we have to do it. And that's why it's so important this morning, today, that we think about this topic of forgiveness because It is one of the most beautiful things we can experience and one of the hardest things we'll ever have to go through, the decision to forgive someone else. Let's have a look at what Jesus says about forgiveness. We're in Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18, and in verse 21, Peter comes up to Jesus. He asks him a question. Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Hillary Clinton is famously said to have said, uh, in the Bible, Jesus says we have to forgive 70 times seven. I want you all to know I'm keeping a chart. Of course, that's not the point of what Jesus is saying. It's not that, you know, we actually have to forgive up to 70 times seven or 77 times. What Jesus is saying is how many times should we forgive? Limitless. There's no number. Our forgiveness should be unlimited, limitless. Why? Because that's what God's forgiveness of us is like. That's what God's forgiveness of us is like. It is unlimited. It is without number. God's kindness, His mercy, His compassion to us is extravagant. And so Jesus tells a story. Tells a story so we understand God's extravagant forgiveness. We just heard the story in the kids' talk. There's a king. He wants to settle his accounts, and he brings in one of his servants, and his servant owes him 10,000 bags of gold. Now, some people have tried to convert this to today's dollars, okay? And some people say this would be about $9.6 billion this man owed. It's a made-up story, Jesus is telling, but it's a lot of money. You think you've got a big mortgage debt? Spare a thought for this guy, okay? $9.6 billion. And the master says, the king says to him, look, your credit card bill is maxed out. You haven't paid me back for ages. Hand it all over what you've got. Give me your car keys. Give me your wife, your kids. Pay it back. And the servant falls on his knees. He can't pay it back. Who can? $9.6 billion. And so look what happens. Verse 26. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt, and let him go. What does the master do? He has compassion, he takes pity, and he cancels the debt. That's what forgiveness is it's cancelling the debt. No longer does the 
servant have to pay back the money. The king cancels the debt. Now notice, for him to forgive the debt, for him to cancel the debt, he actually had to absorb the cost of the debt himself. Rather than making the servant pay back the money, rather than making the servant pay back what he owed, he bore the cost himself. That's what forgiveness is like. Rather than you making someone hurt for what they've done to you, rather than you making someone pay for what they've done to you, you absorb the cost. That's why forgiveness is hard. It is so costly. Brothers and sisters, why is Jesus telling us this story? Because we have a huge debt before God. We have sinned against him. Every time we've sinned, every time we've rejected, every time we've ignored him, Our debt of sin is piling up and up and up. And we cannot pay it back. We cannot pay it back. The Bible says the wages of sin is death in Romans chapter 6. It's not like we've just hurt God's feelings. It's not like we've just annoyed him. He's the creator of the universe. He's the holy, perfect God. We can't. We can't earn our way back to him. We can't pay off that debt, the debt we owe. But we have a God who is so patient, church. A God who's so full of mercy. A God who's so full of kindness. And the whole reason Jesus came, the the main reason he came is for forgiveness. And he died on that cross to pay our debt of sin to cancel our sinful record. He absorbed the cost himself. It was costly. He died the death we deserve to pay. And so he no longer counts our sin against us. That's what the Bible says. He no longer counts our sin against us. Listen to what Psalm 103 says. I love these words. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Picture Jesus there hanging there on that cross, arms stretched out wide to the east, to the west. That's him saying, that's how much I love you. That's how much I forgive you. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done in the past, in the present, in the future, my forgiveness on offer is limitless. I love the lyrics of the song. We stood neath a debt we could never afford. Our sins, they are many. His mercy is more. Isn't that beautiful? Thank you, God, for your mercy. So let me just ask you, if you're watching today, have you actually asked God for forgiveness? I'm not asking, do you go to church or have you grown up as a Christian, but have you actually asked God to forgive you, to, to cancel your debt? That's what it means to be a Christian. And when you do that, when you ask, he is so ready to forgive because his arms were open there on that cross. Now, when we grasp 
grasp how much God forgives us, the right response is that we are ready to forgive others. We're ready to forgive others. That's what Jesus says in in the Lord's Prayer, the prayer that he gave us to pray. The prayer goes, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. The prayer goes, it starts with recognising we are sinners. We need God's forgiveness, God's mercy. And then when we realise that, it's then saying, now God help me to forgive others. You see the order? When you have a heart that's humbled by God's grace and his forgiveness, we want to be a forgiving people. And that's why what happens next in the story is really tragic and shocking in Jesus' story because this guy, he's been forgiven so much money, 10,000 bags of gold. He goes out and finds someone else who owes him some money, but not very much. And this guy, he begs, he begs for mercy, but the guy doesn't even cancel the debt, makes him pay. And look at what happens next in the story, verse 32, verse 32. Then the master called the servant in, you wicked servant, he said. I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Jesus says that this man's wicked. Wicked. In verse 35, he's not saying that if we forgive others, we'll go to heaven. And if we don't forgive others, we'll go to hell. We know we're saved by God's mercy and grace only. What he's saying is that if we truly have understood God's forgiveness, if we've truly been humbled by his grace, the fruit of it, the evidence of it will be that we are ready to forgive others. And if we don't forgive others, if we refuse, if we're unwilling, it's a sign that we haven't truly grasped God's forgiveness of us. Do you see why this is so challenging? Are we ready to forgive? Think about what this would do to our friendships, forgiveness, our work relationships, our marriages, our family life. Okay, I say this is especially important in the church as we think about how to love one another. Of all places, especially in the house of God, we must forgive one another. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says in Colossians 3. Colossians 3, it says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. In 2015, in Charleston, in the US, in Emmanuel Church, a man walked into a midweek Bible study and he shot 12 people and only three survived. Just a few days later, Some of the family members of those who had died had a chance to address the shooter. And here's what these Christian people said. With tears in their eyes, they said, I forgive you. 
you took something very precious away from me. I will never be able to talk to her ever again. I will never be able to hold her again. But I forgive you. May God have mercy on your soul. How were they able to say such a thing? It's because they knew the mercy of God towards them. As believers, they knew God's forgiveness and knew that they were called to forgive others. It wasn't easy. The pain was still there. But they knew they needed to forgive. So let's get practical. Let's get practical. How do we be people of forgiveness? I want to say something to two types of people today. Firstly, maybe you're someone watching and you need forgiveness. Maybe you've wronged someone, you've hurt someone. Can I encourage you right now to make plans to ask for forgiveness, to say sorry, and not to say some vague apology, I'm sorry that you feel that way, or ifs and buts and try and justify yourself. Actually apologize, own up. Say sorry. But to all of us, who is God calling you to forgive today? Who is God calling you to forgive? I was convicted by this earlier this year. There was someone in my life who wronged me. Not a part of the church, not a Christian, but they wronged me. And gee, I I tell you, I was bitter. I was bitter. I would sometimes lie in bed awake at night, stewing over some of these thoughts. There were times I actually wanted revenge in my heart. And God convicted me I needed to forgive. It wasn't easy. Who's God calling you to forgive? Who's God calling you to forgive? Can I encourage you? Here's what forgiveness looks like. To truly forgive is to no longer hold that sin against them. It's to no longer hold that sin against them. In the Bible, it says when God forgives sin, it says he remembers sin, our sins, no more. That doesn't mean that God forgets our sin. God can't forget anything, but he chooses not to remember our sin. He chooses not to hold it against us. How easy is it when we say we forgive someone, we say we forgive someone and yet we still hold on to the bitterness. We still use what they've done wrong as a weapon to hold over them in in future arguments or future disagreements and we never truly release those emotions, release that record. But just like God who chooses not to remember, if we truly want to forgive, it's choosing not to hold it against them. And that's hard because it's bearing the cost ourselves. It's giving up the right to hurt them for hurting you. And the only way we can do this is by trusting God who one day will bring ultimate justice. One day God will put all wrongs to right once and for all. And we can trust him. And in the meantime, we seek to overcome evil with good and forgive just like he's forgiven us. You know, when you do this, when you, when you truly forgive, no longer hold it against them, it's actually freeing. It's beautifully freeing. All the psychologists say this. 
that it's good for us when we forgive. One writer, uh, she says this. It's a great little analogy about what this is like. She says, when someone hurts you, they wound you. And when you don't forgive and when you stay bitter, it's like pouring poison on the wound. See, you're actually paying twice. You've been wounded and now you're paying twice. You're pouring poison on the wound. But she says, when we forgive, what we're doing is we're keeping the wound clean. We're keeping the wound clean. The scar is still there. But a scar is evidence of a healed wound. A wound that doesn't hurt in the same way that it used to. It's releasing those thoughts of bitterness. It's truly forgiving, no longer holding that record against them. But let's clear up a few things about what we're not saying about forgiveness. Let's get this right. What are we not saying about forgiveness? Forgiveness is not minimizing what happens. It's not saying, ah, what you did to me doesn't really matter. I'm just going to build a bridge, get over it. I'll move on. It's fine. (laughs) That wrong that was done to you, it, it matters. It hurt. It's not minimizing it. Secondly, forgiveness, it's not saying that sin doesn't have consequences. You may forgive someone, but they still may have to face consequences for their actions. It it might be consequences with the legal system. It might be consequences with broken relationships, the ramifications of their wrong. Justice often needs to be served. God's a God of justice. So it's not saying sin doesn't have consequences. Thirdly, Forgiveness is not the same as reconciliation. It's not the same as reconciliation. See, you may forgive someone, but you may never become best buddies afterwards. Your relationship with them after you forgive them may never return to what it was before they wronged you. You may never be able to trust them again, or it may take you a long time to trust them, And that's okay. That's okay. You may forgive them, but you actually may not be able to be around them, perhaps for your safety or whatever other reason. That's okay. Forgiveness is not the same as reconciliation. Reconciliation, it's the ideal. Don't get me wrong. I think that's the ideal. When God forgives us, our relationship with him is restored. We are reconciled. We are friends with God. That's the ideal. But between us humans, it's not always possible. Or it may take a very long time. Especially when the person who wronged you never actually says sorry. Some of you are in that situation. The person who's wronged you has never even owned up to what they've done. Can I say, I still think we're called to forgive them. I still think we're called to forgive them. Think about Jesus on the cross. As he hung there, he's surrounded by people abusing him, putting him to death. And he says, Father, forgive them. Now, those people around him, they never repented. They never said sorry to him. 
but he forgave. I think we're still called to forgive even those who don't confess or say sorry, but in those situations, reconciliation isn't really going to be possible. So forgiveness is not minimizing what happens. It's not saying that sin doesn't have consequences. It's not the same as reconciliation. And lastly, forgiveness is not always easy. It's not always easy. As you've heard these words from Jesus this morning, I hope you hear the challenge. But don't hear me saying this is easy. For you to forgive if it's a major wrong, it may take time. It's not always instant. It may take counselling to get to the stage where you're ready to forgive. You may not even feel like doing it. And that's okay. I think you can forgive without the feelings being there. And so if we're going to be able to forgive, if we're going to have any chance of doing this incredibly hard thing, we need God's help. We need God's help. Someone suggested to me this week, here's a good way to start. Actually say to God, God, I do not want to forgive that person. Nothing in me wants to do that. But I know you tell me to. I don't want to. I know you tell me to. Would you help me? It's a great prayer to pray. Because if we're going to have any chance of forgiving, we need the Lord's help, the help of his spirit. And that's what Corrie Ten Boom did. Corrie Ten Boom, she was in a concentration camp, Ravensbrook, with her sister. And in that concentration camp, she watched her sister die. Years later, she went back to Germany and was preaching about forgiveness, preaching sermons about forgiveness. And on one of those days, she's preaching about forgiveness. She spots in the crowd one of the concentration camp guards, one of the worst ones, who was there on the day her sister died. And that guard, after hearing her preach, walks up to her, sticks out his hand and says, will you forgive me? Here's what she writes about that moment. I stood there, I whose sins had again and again to be forgiven and could not forgive. My sister had died in that place. Could he erase her slow, terrible death simply by asking? It could have been many seconds he stood there, hand held out, but to me it seemed like hours as I wrestled with the most difficult thing I had ever had to do for I knew I had to do it. The message that God forgives has a prior condition, that we forgive those who have injured us. And still I stood there with coldness clutching my heart. Jesus, help me, I prayed silently. I can lift my hand, I can do that much. You supply the feeling. And so woodenly, Mechanically, I thrust out my hand into the one stretched out to me. And as I did, an incredible thing took place. Healing warmth seemed to flood my whole being, bringing tears to my eyes. I forgive you, brother, I cried. 
with all my heart. For a long moment, we grasped each other's hands, the former guard and the former prisoner. I had never known God's love so intensely as I did then. But even then, I realized it was not my love. I had tried. I did not have the power. It was the power of the Holy Spirit. Friends, forgiveness is not easy. But we look to God who forgives us and who gives us the power to do what seems impossible. As we finish our time together in God's word this morning, today, let's have a look and let's read and pray together the words of the Lord's Prayer. It's the words Jesus taught us to pray. Let's pray these words together. They're coming up on the screen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen.